Hello and welcome to Real Exam English. It's Trevor speaking here. So today I'm going to give you an update on what's happening with the podcast. Plus I have a couple of nice tips for you on the day of your speaking exam. I have information about new classes and I have a list of great phrasal verbs to use in your writings. So with regards to the next season of the podcast, I'm busy recording answers from around the world at the moment. There are some super accents and viewpoints for this upcoming season. It takes a while to edit and get together all of the best answers. So it'll be later in the summer when the first episode is released. Also, a couple of people have asked about how to give donations as a means of saying thanks. To be honest, I'm extremely flattered and grateful that anyone would want to give a donation. But at the same time, it's nice to pay the podcaster bills. So I have set up a page on the Buy Me A Coffee website. If anyone else would like to buy me a coffee or a beer or whatever, then I'll add the link in the show notes. Okay, so recently I did my training to be a Cambridge speaking examiner and I thought I'd share a couple of great tips for the day you have your speaking exam. Firstly, before you enter the speaking exam, make sure you speak in English with whoever is outside the speaking hall. It's very common for people to speak in their native tongue to the other candidates and exam officials outside. This doesn't make any sense. You're about to go into an English speaking test, so you need to warm up the English speaking part of your brain. So make sure you have your little chats in English outside. Also, if you know who your speaking partner is going to be, then of course speak with them in English outside. In addition, it can be useful to agree with your partner who is going to start the speaking part or how you are going to start at least. Some people prefer to start, others prefer to go second, others don't care. If you do have a preference, then it may be useful to agree beforehand. You can then say something like, do you mind if I start? And your partner can say, sure, go ahead or be my guest or whatever. And you're instantly showing some interaction to the examiner. Just make sure it sounds natural. If it sounds rehearsed, then you won't pick up any marks for it. Another nice tip is that when you enter the room where you are doing the speaking, to say hello to both the interlocutor, who is the one asking the questions, and the assessor, who is the one assessing your performance. A lot of people only say hello to the interlocutor, but remember it's the assessor who's the one you need to keep sweet as they are the one doing most of the marking. So remember, us examiners are human too. And if you start off with a nice friendly good morning or good afternoon or whatever, then you begin on the right note and perhaps the examiner will look on you a little bit more favorably. And of course, be polite and mannerly always. If you're being a jerk, then that too may affect your marks. So be nice. So what else is happening? In September, we're going to start some new online group classes, both in the morning and in the afternoon. So if you're doing an exam this summer and want to move up to the next level, there will be new courses starting off for B2, C1 and C2 in September. For more information, you can check out the Real Exam English website, realexamenglish.com, and I'll add a link in the show notes too. Okay, then on to the phrasal verbs. So one of my C1 students, Amaya, asked me for a list of phrasal verbs that would be good to use in the different types of writing, like an essay, reports, emails, or whatever. Her problem was that despite knowing and having studied many different phrasal verbs, when it comes to the time to include one in a writing, she can't think of any. 
So I've put together a list of 10 phrasal verbs that are really versatile and I thought it would be a great idea to share this with you lovely listeners. So these phrasal verbs can be used in the writing or speaking parts of exams and can be used for a variety of topics too. I'll explain the meaning of the phrasal verbs and give examples of where you might be able to use them in an exam. Okay then, so our first phrasal verb is to look forward to. This means to feel happy about something that is going to happen, like I'm really looking forward to seeing my family again. Note that the verb that follows look forward to is seeing, which is in the gerund or ing form. It may seem a little bit weird to have to followed by ing, but the to belongs to the phrasal verb look forward to rather than the verb that follows seeing in our example. You can also follow look forward to with a noun like I'm looking forward to a beer. So where could you use this in an exam? Well, definitely in a speaking exam, anytime you're asked about the future, like what plans do you have for the weekend or for the summer, you could use this phrasal verb. For example, this summer, I'm going to travel around Australia in a camper van with a bunch of my mates. It's been ages since we've seen each other, so we're really looking forward to it. In a writing exam, this could be used in a letter, either informal or formal. And in fact, it's a very typical way to sign off, like I'm looking forward to receiving your reply. It could also be used in an article or in a review. Uh, like imagine you have written a review of a great experience in a restaurant or a hotel. In your conclusion, you could say that you are looking forward to going back there to try more of their delicious food. Okay, next up is to cut down on, which means to reduce consumption of something. So everybody has something that they do too much of, like using their mobile phones, eating unhealthy foods, drinking too much coffee or wine. Some people work too many hours. Others waste time playing computer games. Some people can't stop spending money on clothes or maybe new gadgets. The list is endless. So if you have to speak or write about any of these things, then you can say that what you really need to do is to cut down on the amount of whatever that you are doing. This phrasal verb can be used to write about a serious topic too, like the environment. For instance, it is crucial that we cut down on the amount of fossil fuels that we use, or maybe about social media. Cutting down on social media use is advisable for our mental health. The next phrasal verb is to look into, which means to investigate. This is a really handy one, as it can be used in a variety of situations, like in a report or a proposal, you could say the company should look into the causes of the incident or advising a friend about things to do in your area. You could say there's an amazing scuba diving course you can do over over the course of a weekend. You should look into it as I think it's something you'll really enjoy. Another place you might use this phrasal verb is if someone asks you about your plans for the future, you could answer, well, I'd love to be an astronaut. So it's something I'm going to look into a bit further before sending my CV to NASA. Phrasal verb number four is lead to. If an action leads to something, then it causes it to happen or exist. For instance, wearing sunscreen leads to a reduction in skin cancer. This is one of those phrasal verbs that is fine to use in a formal situation. You can definitely use this in almost any essay as well as reports and proposals. For example, 
Were we to increase the number of teachers per student, then this would lead to better behavior in the classroom. Nice inverted conditional there too for all your grammar junkies. Uh, if you haven't been using this phrasal verb before, then make sure you learn it as it's very versatile and will lead to more marks for you in the exam. Okay, next we have keep up with, which has a couple of meanings. One is to continue to be informed about something. It is common in speaking exams to be asked about keeping up with or keeping up to date with things like the news, technology, fashion, music, etc. I like to keep up with world events by following some journalists on Twitter. The second meaning is to try to keep the same speed or pace as somebody or something like you speak too quickly. I can't keep up with what you're saying or the company cannot keep up with the demands for its products, which has led to a shortage. Phrasal verb number six is set up, which means to establish or start something. An example is they set up a company when they left college or I would like to set up a meeting with the boss to discuss my performance or we went camping in the mountains and set up our tent in a spectacular valley. This phrasal verb is a favorite in Cambridge exams in use of English tests. So if you are doing a Cambridge test, then make sure you know this one. Next is to point out, which means to draw attention to something. I have a student, Christina, from Spain, who always includes the expression, I cannot help but point out, in her essays every single time. And this is a great way to prepare for an exam by using the same language over and over. Imagine on the day of Christina's exam, she's not going to have to think about what phrasal verbs to use. She just knows automatically that she would be able to use, I cannot help but point out. I'll share a tip that I use myself when I was preparing for my Spanish exams. Every single day I sat down to study, I wrote examples of the fancy grammar I wanted to use in the exam, different types of conditionals, reported speech, subjunctives, nice vocabulary. That way, when it came to the day of the exam, I wasn't wasting time trying to remember how to form the sentences. It just came naturally. It's also very comforting for you before the exam that you know that regardless of the exam question, you know what language you're going to use to impress the examiners. So guys, be like Christina. I cannot help but point out that it's a super way to prepare for an exam. The next phrasal verb is to run out or run out of, which means to use up a resource until there is none left. For example, we have run out of milk, so I'm going to go to the shop to get some more. Or I couldn't finish the reading and use of English test. I ran out of time. Or maybe in a report or a proposal, you could recommend that a company has sufficient stock to ensure that it doesn't run out. While some people may run out of ideas, others find it easy to come up with ideas. And that's our next phrasal verb, to come up with, meaning to think of a plan or an idea. This is a really useful one. Like, it is imperative we come up with a plan to fight global warming. Or we came up with a new dish using the leftovers from dinner. Or the company is finding it difficult to come up with a new name for its brand of toilet paper. Phrasal verb number nine is to put off, meaning to postpone. This is another one that appears in use of English or grammar exams a lot. It can also be used in a bunch of different scenarios. Like I put off going on holidays so I could do my C1 exam. Or we cannot put off the launch of the product any longer. Or the opening of the new facility should be put off until there are sufficient resources. And the last phrasal verb in the list is to end up, which means to finally be in a place or a situation. So imagine you're writing a review 
we ended up eating two desserts each as they were so delicious. Or the film ended up with the couple falling in love and everybody living happily ever after. Or if talking about English, you could say I listened to the Real Exam English podcast and ended up learning loads of phrasal verbs, which led to me passing my exam. Woohoo! Okay, guys, that's it for today. I'll post these phrasal verbs on the blog of the Real Exam English website. And if you're interested in classes now or in September or anytime, make sure to check out the website too. Rightio then, all the best, Trevor.